And welcome to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast, quick hitter edition. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendeika. With me, as always, through Zoom, my host, my co-host, host. the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. Mike, how we doing? I'm good. Good. He's here in spirit. In spirit. <laughs> in spirit. Doing this on a Thursday night. Uh, I am exhausted. Mike worked all day too, so I'm sure he's exhausted. Probably watching some LA Laker basketball or something right mm-hmm. now. Uh, sounds about right, Mike. I have a very important question to ask you. Um, <laughs> but I'm gonna wait to ask it until Sunday's episode or Monday's when it actually drops because I have a very important basketball question I need to ask you, but I don't want to do it here because we're talking about the AFC and NFC championship games. But don't let me forget that. I'm teasing it now for every listener out there. Huge basketball question that I need Mike Merkzone Bartholomew Merkel to mm-hmm. answer. Okay. And I can it, do it. Okay, good. It's probably going to open the show. If not, it'll either do that or it'll be a small segment in between some other big stuff. But it's important. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's important and I have to ask it. So we'll get to it. Anyway, <clears throat> is it an actual topic or is it a make fun of you topic? No, no, it's an actual, it's, it's a half joking, but also like a legitimate question I need to understand because I don't get it. Okay. Okay. So I need you our resident basketball hoops guy mm-hmm. in terms of the NBA, at least I'm the coach of the basketball. You watch the, you watch basketball. Yes. Tell me, you, you're going to have to tell me, but anyway, we'll, we'll okay. leave it there. We'll leave it there. And then I'll surprise you on Sunday. All right, let's get to it though. Mike, we have, we've reached the precipice of the NFL season. We've reached the pinnacle of it. Final mm-hmm. four teams, AFC championship game, your Baltimore Ravens against definitely not your Kansas city chiefs. Um, and we've got obviously our Detroit Lions against nobody's San Francisco 49ers. Um, big matchups on both sides, lots of storylines going through. Let's just start, let's just kick right off. Let's go right in order. Um, <clears throat> uh, with the AFC championship game, I'm gonna take a moment here to apologize for my voice. I've been yelling a lot. I've had three basketball games this week, so uh it's been a long week for for the for the vocal cords to say the very least. So I apologize, my voice sounds a little bit raspy. But AFC Championship game, Mike Baltimore hosting Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes getting his first road playoff win, much to your chagrin, <laughs> against those Buffalo Bills as still wide right. Um, but uh, we're not going to talk about the last three poor decisions on Josh Allen. But we're not going to talk about that part. Um, but. Chiefs get the win, going to Baltimore. Baltimore looking absolutely dominant, as we talked about before, against the Houston Texans the week pre- previously. Um, for I mean, talk to me, Mike, about this matchup. For me, it, it feels cut and dry in a lot of sense. When you look at almost every metric, every look at almost every position you go, Baltimore has the edge pretty much everywhere except for quarterback and tight end. And yet, when you have number 15 across the way, it just feels like Kansas City always has a chance. Where, where are your thoughts just on the early observations on this matchup between the two? Yeah, it really hurts to say it, Rob. You said it perfectly, though, is we are getting to the precipice of the time. A little early in the career, I don't know if you can bet against Holmes anymore. You're, we're getting to that point. It is it is extremely hard. Yep. We had it with Brady where it was like if Brady's in a playoff game, you go – I'm going to take him over just about anybody normally, especially right. that last like five or six year run. It was basically Brady against everybody, and Brady would somehow win. Right yeah. now, it's 
Mahomes has no receivers. Defense is fine. Old tight end. All it doesn't matter. He still right. wins. Right. And it's just so irritating, but he's just <laughs> so good. It's like frustratingly good. Yeah. At what point do we start getting and stop getting annoyed with it and start having that respect level? Like, like with Brady, right? I feel like that was kind of the narrative with Brady, especially during that first run of Super Bowls, because it's like, all right, his defense is is really good. He's got Belichick. His numbers were never that flashy, right? Most of the years, Brady had really good numbers statistically. They didn't win the Super Bowl, right? It was usually the mm-hmm. years that he was like, yeah, I'll throw 30 touchdowns. <clears throat> I'll throw seven picks, right? And we'll just be a dominant team and we'll score 24 points a game and just lot it out all the way through. Um but there was a time there where everybody hated New England, right? I was like, oh, God, just anybody but New England. And the Chiefs are definitely now encroaching on the anybody but the Chiefs. Anybody but Mahomes. I don't care, just not him. Um, when do you think that's going to change in terms of the respect factor, Rigo? You know what? You're really good. It's annoying at times, but I respect the fact that every year you have your team in it. And we already reached that point. Yeah, no, I mean, it might sound a little hypocritical of it, but I actually, I actually, I actually enjoy watching him get to the AFC Championship in the Super Bowl like every year because, like, I always say, I'm like, I want the best matchups, and Mahomes on one side of the ball is yeah. always one of the best matchups you can get, you know. So I like, it is annoying, and it is like, oh man, they're there every year, but also I'd rather him there every year than like the Broncos there every year where like you have like an indifferent at quarterback or, right. you know, you don't want like Zach Wilson, the jets getting there two years in a row. You'd be like, right. Oh, there's right. that team. Mm-hmm. Um, So like, if I had to choose anybody who's like, all right, if they have to get there every year, I'll take Mahomes because he's right. really, really good. Right. Yeah, for sure. No, I get it. Right. You're always going to get a good game out of it. Right. You're always going to, it's always going to have that compelling, like, can they knock them off, right? They're always going to be the favorites going in. It just happens to be what it is. This year, though, a little bit different of a path, right? We talk about a Baltimore Ravens team. I feel like Baltimore is the team that is least talked about out of the four teams, right? You look at Kansas City, you, it, that writes itself. You look at the Niners, and you go, they've probably been the most dominant team in the NFC pretty much consistently, right? And mm-hmm. then you talk about the Lions. It's the it's the boyhood dream coming true type of story, right, where it's like, hey, who the fuck knows what's going to happen? You don't know what's going to happen with this team. We've never seen this team do this before. Um, I know in, here in Detroit, it's what's ta- it's obviously, but even nationally, it's like, can the Lions do it? That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. However, Baltimore feels like the team that's left out, and I would make the argument Baltimore is clearly the best team left out of these final four. Yeah. Um, and it's not really close. Is it because they've just been so dominant? They haven't hit that massive lull in a season in like the Niners had that three game stretch. The lions were going up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, you know, in Kansas city, right. has lost, lost the lions opening night, right. Lost a bad game to green Bay early in the year. Um, at one point was like the six. Like there was at moments in time where you go, man, Kansas city does not look right. Baltimore mm-hmm. has just been coasting through the whole year, destroying everybody. Um, are we almost underappreciating slash undervaluing how strong this Baltimore roster is? Because especially defensively, there are no holes on this Baltimore team. Uh, I wouldn't say so. I just think that they're they're the most like indifferent team. I think you right. laid it out perfectly where everyone has something fun to talk about. Right. And then Some Baltimore sort of adversity, just, right, that they've overcome. Yeah, yeah. And, and then like – 
like I think right now, like the Niners are like, can Brock Purdy actually play football? I think is hey. what everyone talks about. But you hey. said the Lions are like this team's roster isn't awesome yet somehow they're winning still. Crazy. And Mahomes is the worst season he's had in six years, and he's still in the NFC Championship game. <laughs> and Josh like, still loses to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he still loses to him somehow. Uh, and then you just have Baltimore. He's like, yeah, like you have an MVP, like you have the MVP, a really solid roster. Like I've I've heard this story. It's the the story you've heard before. Mm-hmm. It's and they're the only team that you've heard it before. It's oh, Baltimore's a really solid roster, and then they flame out in the playoffs. That's is usually it, is what it, it is. Is it because you look at Baltimore and you go, you don't have any problems, therefore you're not you're not sexy in terms of media, right? It's like. What are we going to talk about? Well, you want to talk about how Baltimore just kills everybody every week? Yeah, that what? Okay, that's two yeah. sentences. What else you got? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would also. Yeah, I guess that, that is probably part of it too. Is when you look at the playoff, the divisional round playoff game. What was the only game that was more than one score? Right. That one, really. Yeah, actually, it was only that one. Yeah, so, yeah. like everyone else was within the line. Down to the, the minutes. Yeah, down to the last possession. Yeah, everything else was three points. So that one was a twenty-one point blowout. And it would have been bigger if they would have started faster, but they just kind of started slow. Right. Um, but yeah, so I guess that also has something to play into it where you don't talk about the blowouts unless it's a one seed or two seed losing, like the Packers winning. It's mm-hmm. it's you just okay, the the one seed dominating a win. Next I remember a couple of years ago when Mahomes beat uh or the Chiefs beat the Steelers and yeah. they were the least talked about team. It was like, all right, you beat the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Next, like what's what's the other topic that's fun to talk about because who cares that you beat a team by 30? That's yeah. like, you know what I mean? So, I, yeah, I think I think that also plays into it where you're the most dominant team all year and your win is like, all right, you beat, you beat Houston. Cool. Next. Like, you beat them at 24. There's not a lot to dissect. They lost. Right. Right. For sure. Absolutely. Um, Let's get kind of into the game plan, right, of this game and how we kind of think this is going to go out. Talk to me a little bit about what Baltimore needs to do to win this football game um, because I feel like the chief, the chiefs are a hard eval for me because we we've talked about it at nauseum at this point. Receivers aren't great. I think Rasheed Rice is kind of coming on, right? He's kind of their number one guy now um, outside of obviously Travis Kelsey, but um, he's kind of come on. The run game is, inconsistent right some days pacheco's got you know is averaging a pretty good clip with uh, you know clyde edwards hilaire kind of coming in as that change of pace guy other times it's like man they just can't run the ball very well um and it feels like at moments their offense is stagnant as hell and then other times it's like hey we need a score okay we're gonna go down and score um talk to me about how baltimore gets this win today is it is it with lamar is it with the defense is it Talk to me about if you're Jim Harbaugh, I'm sorry, John Harbaugh, not Jim Harbaugh. If you're John Harbaugh, talk to me about how you're getting your team ready to attack uh, this Kansas City team. Yeah, you got to go on the offense early and you got to you got to attack early, I think is very key. But you're taking ball, you win the toss. Yeah, you you win the toss, you take ball, you go down and get seven because I don't think you want to be trailing or you want to put the pressure on. Mahomes in that offense. Mm -hmm. You have to think the weakest part of the Chiefs, weirdly enough to say, is the offense. The defense has played really, really well through the last seven, eight weeks of the season. Um, It's the offense that's like, okay, you you might score 17 to 21, but if you're, if a team, if 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 Buffalo would score 30 plus, they're winning that game. 
It was just because they were held to twenty four that they that they couldn't go over the hump. Right. Um, I think I think it's Baltimore has to go out and they have to go into the game gone. We have to fight for points because we have to score thirty plus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you can't like. I mean, even if that means settling for field goals because you need points. Like I, I think it comes down to you need to score right. on every single drive that you have the ball, basically. Right. So I think if there's any drives where you turn the ball over or you have to punt two or three times, you're just giving the Chiefs momentum of listen, if we only have to have scored seventeen, we're beating it. Yeah, no, absolutely right. I think this game, this is a game now, correct me if I'm wrong here. We talk a lot about quarterbacks and legacies and all that stuff, but this feels like a game where this is a star slash resume, however you want to frame it, a resume building or resume cementing game for Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. right? Where you look at it and you go, look, you got two MVPs. Your playoff record has been well-documented. It's not great. There was accusations that you quit on your team last year because you didn't get paid. You got the contract, but to your, to his credit, right? He comes out, wins the MVP this year, looks amazing, you finally got some weapons offensively on the receiving core. Your run game is still great. Your offensive line is solid, not great, but solid. And mm-hmm. your defense is stacked from top to bottom. This feels like a game where it's like, if you're going to lose this game, it's going to be maybe because Lamar has a bad day. And I feel like that is a lot of pressure, but also a great opportunity for a guy like Lamar to go, look, man, you're going up against the best in the business, man. Mm-hmm. Mahomes is Mahomes. So if you can go in, even though you're the home team, and I'm, what are they? They're favored right now, right? They've got to be Baltimore. Yeah, three and a half. Yeah, three and a half. Okay, so just basically because of the home team, got it. Yeah. Um, you're favored. You're at home. You're the number one seed. It feels like this is the moment where we go. All right, Lamar. Is it either? Are you going to be the guy, or are you just going to be another guy, a yeah. really good quarterback, or a team that's or a guy that's going to be able to elevate, take his team. When we are playing another similarly great quarterback, can you take us over that hump? Is that a fair read in your opinion? I think it's 100% a fair read. And I actually agree with you so cold-heartedly. I think, and it's like a weird progression thing the NFL has gone through, is elite guys in the league either beat or have their best game against Mahomes. Right. When you look at the last like four years, you go, and even going back to Mahomes' first year starting, um, Jared Goff, that 54 to 51 barn burner of a game on that Monday night, gets him the contract because he beat Mahomes. Right. You look at Josh Allen, you know, he didn't win that fourth quarter overtime game, the 13 second game, where he basically is literally perfect and still loses. That pushed him into an echelon that I don't even know if he deserves necessarily, but it pushed him in there. Joe Burrow coming back down 21 3 two years ago to get to the Super Bowl, pushes him. Now everyone regardedly goes, oh, yeah, he's the number two quarterback in football because of that game. He lost the Super Bowl after, lost the next year. It doesn't matter. He's still the number two because he beat Mahomes in Kansas City. Like, it's one of those things where if you beat Mahomes and you have that game against Mahomes, you you just, for some reason, Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl last year, everyone's like, ah, can Jalen really be the guy? Oh, he goes for four touchdowns and 38-35. Oh, he's the guy, and he gets paid. Like, every single top-tier quarterback fights Mahomes, win or lose. If he has a banger game and or wins, he becomes that guy. So I think this is the game for right. Lamar to submit himself as, like, a top four or five guy. Right, absolutely. No, and you look at it, right, historically, it's the Brady syndrome, right? 
okay, can Flacco beat Brady in the AFC title game, right? The, those battles that Peyton and him had, right? Were like, you know, Peyton could never beat New England, you know, in this in the playoffs. Finally, you know, Peyton gets over that hump in Indy in that 38-34 game, right? Where you're like, oh, it's like we finally just overcame this monster that is the New England Patriots and Tom Brady, right? Um, you know, we saw it, you know, it, you know, against other other guys as well, but it's that same kind of standard, right? And I, I think you're I think you're a hundred percent correct when you look at it and you go, look, man, you have to bring your A game because you know he is. Mahomes doesn't have a four interception day. It does not happen. You don't have the oh my god, what the hell was that throw? It never happens for him. It just doesn't. It can go badly and he's lost games, but it's never been because Man, Patrick Mahomes went 17 for 32 for 180 yards, a touchdown, and three picks. That's never a stat line for Mahomes. It's just not, right? Yeah, his, I mean, his worst playoff game, maybe outside of the Super Bowl he lost, was probably that loss to Joe Burrow. And in that game, he was like 20 for 31, yeah. 200 yards, and two touchdowns. And, the, and, the, and his his they, they, they had the game, game, too. They took yeah. a massive lead. Yeah, they had a 21 to 3 lead and just kind of blew it away slowly but surely to the team. But like he had a good stat line. Like he didn't have a bad like if you looked if you were just the stats guy and you looked at the numbers, you'd go, hey, that was a good day. Yeah. Maybe not like a Mahomes five touchdown day, but like it was right. two touch it was a pretty solid game. Right. And it's and it's like his worst playoff game he's ever played. Right. No, I agree with you. No, this is a this is a big moment. Let let's flip sides here, right? So like the way I look at this you know, for Baltimore originally, right? As I looked at it, I go, okay, Lamar's going to have to play really well. I think Lamar's going to have to win um, with his arm. I really do. I, I think that uh, Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator, has given him a lot of flexibility in terms of, hey, look, man, we got weapons. Let's scheme some guy open. Let's make easy reads. I think Spagnola's going to make, going to tell him, go, look, man, you're going to have to find it, right? I think they're going to play a lot of zone coverage. I think they're going to not want to get burned over the top. Zay Flowers is a problem. Mark Andrews is going to be back. They're going to play a lot of zone. I feel like they're going to, you know, they're going to because, and I think that's a little bit of a differentiator from what they do normally because they're usually a pretty heavy man team Kansas City is. But I think they're going to force Lamar to go, hey, make the read. Mm -hmm. I dare you to make the read, right? And if you can't, it's going to be a long day because we're going to keep you inside and we're you're going to for, we're going to force you to be a pocket passing quarterback. Something he's done much better this year that he hasn't done historically well in big games. Mm -hmm. uh, on the other side, though, for Baltimore, right, I look at it and I say, man, he's going to have to win with his arm. And then defensively, defensively for them, man, it's finishing. I feel like Baltimore is uniquely set up to stop this Kansas City offense, right? You've got probably two of the best linebackers and most athletic linebackers in the game. Your safety play is outrageous. You've got solid corners, especially if Marlon Humphrey plays with Marcus Williams and Kyle Hamilton and Bradley Roby and all these other guys that they have on that other side, in addition to an above average pass rush. If you cannot allow Mahomes to extend plays with his feet, get out of the pocket, kind of like how Rodgers used to do it for years, where it's like, man, he's not so athletic, but he's just athletic enough to piss you off. If they can force him to kind of stay and have to just stand in there and pray to God they can beat coverage. I think Baltimore's mm -hmm. got a really good chance of winning this football game. Thoughts on that? No, a hundred percent. I think it at least helps. Mm -hmm. I think I think if he is able 
I think we t- I think we said a lot of the same stuff about Michigan against Jalen Milrow, where oh. it was like if he's if he's running and he's cooking you on the ground while also making throws, it's almost an impossible day. But if you're getting pressure in on him and he has to make the throws, like we'll see if he can actually make the throws. If you're dropping seven back into a zone coverage and you're getting pressure in on him, like I'm I'm interested. Can he find the open guys? Can he make the throws? I I honestly don't know if he can. So I'm interested to see. And I think that's a lot of what they will do because their pass rush does get in a lot. And the Chiefs offensive line isn't awesome. It's really good, but it's not mm-hmm. it's not the Lions offensive line, it's not Baltimore's offensive line. So Andy Reid's offense versus this Baltimore Mike McDonald led defense is so fire for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just like it's good on good. But it's like the defense is just so stacked. Like you can name everybody on this freaking defense. And then you look at the Chiefs offense, you go, I mean, yeah, Travis Kelsey's awesome. And then Rasheed Rice? Like yeah. Nicole Hardman. <laughs> yeah, know? this is I mean, this is the closest to a Brady-ish team where yeah. outside of like Gronk or outside of that one guy, you're like, Danny and Manola and, right. and and was it Chris Hogan or whoever it was? Like Oh yeah. Who are, yeah, Julian who are, Edelman, great. Yeah. Yeah. Julian Edelman, like all these. It's like, where are these receivers? And somehow hey, they're winning. James like, Vereen had a good day today as a running back. You're like, who the yeah, fuck? it was James White had four touchdowns in that Atlanta game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep, 100. You know, what I mean, like it's stuff like that where it's like Pacheco. I mean, Pacheco's pretty good, but like when you get some of those like rotational guys in there, you go, where right. are these guys coming from? And they're just awesome. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's a weird situation. Um. How do how do in terms of the Chiefs right and their attack attacking this Baltimore team right? Um, is it is it strictly on Mahomes? Do you think they got to run the ball? Do you think it's a and I'm speaking in more reference to attacking their defense right, attacking Baltimore because that's where Baltimore Baltimore's so balanced. But I do think their defense makes the world go round. It allows their offense to play free. If you're if you're Andy Reid scheming this up, what do you think is the best place to attack this Baltimore defense? Because I'm having a hard time finding a quote unquote weakness in this Baltimore team, especially in the back seven. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because normally on a Chiefs team, I would say Dink and Dunk is the best case scenario and try to just move down the field. Um, but with Roquan Smith out there, I don't know if Travis Kelsey is gonna be just sitting wide open every single play. And Patrick. He probably will, and I'm going to be really annoyed watching it, but he probably shouldn't be wide open every single play. Um, yeah. I think it's a lot of the run game, honestly. I think if they ha- if Baltimore has a weakness, it's in the front four, not necessarily front seven, like the front yeah. four, and I think that they can at least penetrate to the next level. Um, I think Pacheco is going to be huge in this game. Yeah, like if Pacheco's going and running his, you know, whatever, like three and a half yards of carry, I feel like he gets, you know, in that ballpark of four yards of carry or whatever. If he's in that range, I think they have a really good shot. But if they can stuff him and make Mahomes have to throw it around with Roquan and Kyle Hamilton and all those, get Marlon Humphrey out there. I mean, I might, it might be a rough day for them because mm-hmm. I don't know if they have the receivers to kind of go up against the star-studded Baltimore team that's out there on defense. No. It is a really good defense. There's a lot of it's one of those where, like, we saw, we talk about the Chargers have a lot of big names, but they, like, disappoint. Baltimore has a lot of big name guys, but they're all really, really good. Yeah, the whole defense is stacked. Like, you can, you can have, you know, all 11 guys if you said all of their names. You're like, oh, I've heard of that guy. I've heard of that guy. And they're all just stunts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, Mike. 
Give me a score. Give me a prediction. Who's going to the Super Bowl out of the AFC side? Who's winning that prestigious Lamar Hunt trophy? So I'll put the the caveat on if you, if we're betting this, okay. I would bet Chiefs plus three and a half. Okay. I think Baltimore wins like 27-24. Okay. But I think Chiefs cover a three and a half spread. Or yeah, more. I, yeah, uh, for if sure. it gets down I, to under a field goal, it gets a little hairy because I think Baltimore might win on like a last second field goal or something. Right. But I mean, yeah, two good kickers in this matchup too, which may matter, right? Field position yeah. and everything else. How, how and when you decide to be aggressive and when you decide to go, eh, I should probably just take the points. That could be the that could be the difference in the game. Yeah. Also, Baltimore has maybe I'm very interested in Chiefs maybe an unbeatable fourth and one play. That rollout, that oh, yeah, play the, the action, motion. yeah, the, the motion, motion, the fullback, fake the stretch, reverse with Lamar, with Lamar, with Picard, yeah, with Picard yes. blocking. I'm like, I don't know how you stop that. I, I don't know how. And then he probably has an RPO option on it. Oh somewhere. yeah, uh, can you I imagine bet. the rollout backs backs and then reverse field with throw? Zay with Flowers is running a deep pattern or something. Like, I don't know how you stop that. So I would be interested to see if they do. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I take I take Chiefs plus three and a half. I take Baltimore straight up. So Baltimore wins. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I'm gonna take Baltimore as well. I just think they're so complete. I do think this is Baltimore's year to get it done. Um, they just feel like they've been on the precipice for so long. Lamar's healthy, playing well. He's never thrown the ball better. They finally gave him weapons, right? Barring a catastrophe in terms of his ability to process the defense, I just feel like they just have too much. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just too much there for, for this Chiefs team, right? And we say that, and the Chiefs win by 40, and we go, well, we tried. But yeah. It, just, it just doesn't feel like this is going to be a game where the Chiefs can come out and just go, hey, I'm going to blitzkrieg you. I don't see that happening. I can honestly see Baltimore coming in, getting to a big, you know, a 14-point lead. Chiefs then have to respond, make it close at the end, but Baltimore just does enough to hold on. I could yeah. see Baltimore taking a bigger lead and then kind of coasting and just trying to hold on and survive while Mahomes does magic things. Looks great in the process, but they lose, mm-hmm. like you said, by a field goal, by four points, by a – you know, misconversion here, a missed field goal, something to that effect where the yeah. score doesn't necessarily reflect how that game goes. Yeah, and I would also um I had another point I was gonna make. Well it's probably not that important. So we'll just keep it on. <laughs> All right. It well, was something on Baltimore, but it's not that big a deal. Baltimore wins. Yeah, let's shift focus to the NFC championship game gonna happen at six thirty Eastern time in San Francisco. The San Francisco 49ers hosting your Detroit football dan campbell's um first time lines have been in the nfc championships game since the 1991 1992 season where uh some overrated guy in the words of skip bayless barry saunders sanders Mm. apparently he was okay apparently not good enough for skip bayless but he was the thing um your detroit lions mike in the NFC Championship game, playing against the San Francisco 49ers, I can't believe we're talking about it. I can't believe we actually have a rooting interest in the NFC Championship game that is not strictly like, I don't like one team, so I guess I'll root for the other one. Um, yeah, that's me. It's a weird, weird thought, right? Like, it, it's yeah. a weird thought to be at. We, Your Detroit Lions are one of the final four teams in the entire NFL season. Um Obviously, getting a big win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week. Um, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, let, let's just start with, let's just start with how, you know, first off, right. Like, give me your thoughts on this game. When the, when the clock hit zero, right. Lions win, you know, we're going to San Fran. What was your initial thought going right in? Like, Hey, okay. Lions won. What's Mike's next thought on the matchup between the Niners and the Lions? My initial thought was we're going to have a fun one next week. Fun one. I don't know if it'll be a good one, but it'll be a fun one regardless. Yeah. No, I I, I left that game. First off, I was like, okay, this is a real thing. We're playing in the NFC Championship game. Uh You know? Um, And my next thought was, and, and, and tell me, here's the thing. You know, we went into the season. You're supposed to win the division. You're the favorites to win it for the first time in forever. You win the division. Okay, they got to win a playoff game, right? They just got to get this shit off their back. Okay, they win a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Then Dallas decides to go full Dallas and lose. So you get a second one. And you're like, man, you got a second game. You you have to win this one, right? Yeah. Now they're going to San Fran. And it's a total role reversal, right? You went from being maybe 50-50 against the Rams. Some people took you. Some people didn't. Tampa, I feel like a lot of people are like, okay, Lions are going to win this game. I think it's 75-25. Right. Agreed, right? Yeah. This game, I feel like it's the inverse of that. I don't think a lot of people are giving the Lions a chance. And why does that make me more comfortable about this game than I did last week? When In terms of my thoughts going in, because there is a little bit of that house money feel to it, right? Where you're like, well, you're playing with house money. But I tend to have a hard time with that because it's like, you don't know the next time you're going to be in the NFC championship game, right? Mm-hmm. You don't know the next time your path is going to be as direct as it's been. Um, I feel like this is a game where it's like, man, if you win this game, I think Detroit as a franchise enters a different realm of existence where you win this game on the road against the number one seeded team. The team mm-hmm. has basically coasted through the whole NFC all year, and you go, holy shit, they went to the Super Bowl. Holy shit, mm-hmm. they're one of the best five, six teams in the in the NFL right now. Like, is that how is that what you're getting if if they get this W? Because that's where I'm at, where it's like, yes, the roster is not perfect. I agree, right? The secondary is brutal. But they keep winning. They have their quarterback. You have your you have your core foundation at 25 years of age on average, like Mm. it just feels like this is a moment where you go, man, if they can somehow get there, holy shit. What if like, there's that thought in the back of your mind where you go, this is the time where this may be a changing of the guard for like a while, right? Like they're entering a new stratosphere uh, rather than just being like the, Oh, they made a run. This is a, Oh shit. They're a, they're a team now. They are yes. a Baltimore Raven. They are a historically a Green Bay Packer. They are a, a team where you go, yeah, Detroit's going to be favored. And in these conversations of, hey, okay, when, when Detroit makes the playoffs, this is they're going to be a tough out, blah, 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 blah. Like, is that, are you getting that vibe at all in terms of like a the state of the franchise? Because when I hear our head coach talk, as in Dan Campbell, and he goes, that's two, right? We've got another one and we've got another one after that with a buy in the middle and all that stuff. Like, I feel like they have it in their minds already. There's no way we lose this game. Like they're looking at it. And like, there is no way we lose this game because it's not, it's not like they said, like, because they're confident, obviously you go going confident every game, but they're like, 
it's not possible because we're not going to allow it to be possible. Are you getting that vibe at all? Well, sure. I, I think to to elaborate and answer your questions, yeah. I don't think I'm as worried going into this game because I think, like you said, I think they are hitting that Cincinnati Bengal getting over God, the top. This feels so Cincinnati Bengal. Oh my God, does it feel Cincinnati? Like it does. Where it's, I think you they are hitting that point where you watch Cincinnati Bengal in that in that first run where they went to the Super Bowl. Now the Lions might not make the Super Bowl. Who knows at this point? We'll know Sunday night. But they're hitting that point where it's like, man, Joe Burrow's playing so well. The defense, there's not like a Nick Bosa out there really, but they're all just kind of solid. You have a Jamar Chase. You have a Joe Mixon. And it's like, yeah, this team's just going to be around. And I think that's where the nerves die out, where it's not – you're not the Rams or the Bucks with Brady or Stafford when you feel like, okay, we just paid 17 veterans to come on this team on this last second run to try to make one Super Bowl. You're like, like you said, it's okay. Your core foundational pieces are all like 24, 25 years old. Like this is something that, you know, net going into next year, you people are just going to be like, okay, so Lions are probably going to be a playoff team. Like how we talk about like Seattle, the yeah. Eagles, those teams. It's just going to be like, okay, so the Lions, even if they don't win the division, maybe the Packers or the Bears or whatever do something, they're going to be a five or six seed. Like, so like, what's the route for them? Like, they're in like Cincinnati. They're in that discussion with Joe Burrow. It's okay. So Cincinnati probably makes it, right? So, okay. So now who do they need to play to get to the Super Bowl again? Like, they're in that conversation. So I think getting the first two playoff wins over the hump and playing realistically with house money and looking at the future. I'm not looking at this game as like, man, we, we, I, I know they are looking like it's a must win. Cause obviously for them, they it's a must win cause they want to win. But okay. as a fan perspective, I'm like, I look at the outlook of this team and I go, listen, if they lose, I know it's not easy to get back, but I think over the next five years, they're going to have four have shots window. at it. Yeah, You have a window. You've, you have a window, you have yeah. a legit window. And so that's why, and the window's not closing. It's not like, just end open of the year. Yeah, it's not the end of the year, Rogers, where it's like, man, we need one of these last two years where he wins it, and then I don't care anymore. Like, like oh, it's the worry for Green Bay with the last three years of Rogers. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not in that window. You're in that Cincinnati Bengal window. Oh, it's wide open for eight, ten years as long as Goff and Amon Ra and Panay and Aiden are there. It's open. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah. I, I think it's just you're not worried about it because you see the you see the the road there. I just, you know, it's crazy, and I feel like a lot of America is is getting behind the Lions because I think they want. I think a lot of the country is living vicariously through this Lions team right now. I really yeah. do. Like, I think a lot of fan bases, and some of them have had like their moments, like the Tennessees of the world, right? You know, but like, I look at a team. You know, I look at some of these teams. Like, I think like a team like Jacksonville, right? It's like, man, remember when we made that run to the AFC Championship game? Yeah. And like, remember when? Remember when? You know, this team made it or that team made it, and you go, "Holy shit!" Remember that? That was a great run for us. I think there's so many fan bases that are just clamoring, like when Cincinnati did it, to go, go do it, do it, Lions, go do it, Detroit, because if you can do it, that means we can do it, and that means that this whole landscape changes. If the Detroit Lions make the Super Bowl, I don't know if the earth will continue to spin the next day. Like, seriously, mm-hmm. it just seems so improbable from where we've been. Think about just the existence of this show, Mike, up until now. I mean, we have been through the lowest of lows, and now we're talking about them playing for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. It's insane to me. Um, yeah. 
talking about the Lions, though, in a, in 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 an aspect of this matchup with the Niners, I, I want to give you kind of my thoughts on how I think the Lions are going to have to win this game, and then I love I love your thoughts on it as well. But I look at this game and I think it's down to two things. I think it's number one defensively preventing the big play. The Niners are going to get yards that the defense, Dan Campbell even said it. I'm willing to give up something to get something. I think they're willing to play that game of look, man, in between the thirties, you're probably going to move up and down the field, but in the red zone, you're going to settle for field goals. I think they're willing to play that game. If that means they can get a couple stops in terms of a turnover or a big sack or something to that effect, a big negative play for, from an offensive perspective, I think they're willing to play that game because they know in the secondary they can't hold up, especially at outside corner right now. Um, And number two, I think it is the Lions' ability to remain balanced on offense. I do not think if they try to throw the ball 44 times in this game like they did against Tampa or 43 or 42, whatever the hell golf's numbers were, that is not a recipe for success in this game. Now, am I saying that the run game's got to go for 200 yards? No, but I think in terms of play calling and efficiency, I think they have to remain somewhat balanced, similar to what Green Bay did, right? Green Bay was pretty 50-50 in terms of pass and run. Mm-hmm. I think they're really going to have to lean on that run game and make it an extension or lean on like they did early against Tampa where they go, look, we're not going to be able to run the ball very well against Tampa. Let's use the pass game as an extension of the run game to set up the run. But at the end of the day, if you look at the Lions play sheet and you go, hey, they were, you know, 28 runs, 32 passes, I go, they probably kept the game pretty damn close, right? Mm-hmm. Or won the game because they remained balanced throughout. Um, keeping, go- in, in addition to that, right, keeping golf clean. And I think that's yeah. obvious, you know, to begin with, right, is, is keeping him upright and comfortable. I am very confident in this offensive line, despite the fact Jonah Jackson being out, that's going to be tough, right? So I think a lot of quick stuff. I think they're going to have to almost a little out Shanahan, Shanahan, if that makes any sense, right? Mm-hmm. West coast offense, a lot of quick hitters getting the ball out quickly. I would expect an influx early of wide receiver screens to JMO and Amon Ra with people up front blocking just to get the ball out of Goff's hands to get them out of some pressure packages to allow Goff to then pick them apart across the middle of the field. Um, but those are really my kind of points for Detroit in terms of getting it close, keeping it within a possession, or even winning this football game. Um, thoughts on my analysis, and then I'd love to hear kind of how you think Detroit's going to have to approach this game, at least from an uh, from both sides, honestly, both offensively and defensively. Yeah, offensively, I pretty much agree. I think I think there was mo there was like in the second quarter of that Tampa game, there was like a series of time when they were just passing it and mm-hmm. they were just not doing anything. And I was like, guys, you have to go back to the run. Right. Like, I'm sorry. You, you cannot just go, Oh yeah, we're just going to drop back 50 times. Well, even the, even the touchdown, the touchdown that Craig Reynolds have run it to the one pass, pay, pass, play. And then we finally punched it in the fourth time. I go, why didn't we just run it? Yeah. We're the best offensive line of football, run the damn ball. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, But yeah, so I, I think it has to be a very balanced attack. I think it has to be a lot of quick stuff because that, 49ers front seven. I know our line is good. They're going to eat because they got some dogs out there. Nick Bosa, Chase Young, DeForest Buckner, Fred Warner at the linebacker spot. Like, Let me ask you this before I let you continue, because I have a a thought on that, right, is did the way that the Packers O-line protected love, does that – give you more or less confidence because I personally, I think the lions offensive line is better. I do. I think across the board, they have a better offensive line. We have the best center and best right tackle in football. Right. Mm -hmm. So I look at it and I go, 
I feel like we're better than Green Bay is. And Green Bay was able to, <coughs> excuse me, neutralize that pass rush. Does that did that change your your thinking at all on on the 49ers front? Uh I would I would say a little bit. I think I think Jordan Love brings a weird um yeah, he's more athletic. Mobi- like more ability to there were a lot of plays where the defense had him and he would scramble out and then find cuz I also think the Packers from receiver 1 to like 6 are, are really really raw and good. Like, like I know we have Amon as a top tier Amon Ron Jamo and even maybe Josh Reynolds are all really solid. But once you get past that, you're like, yeah, I don't know what we got after that necessarily because not a lot of them make plays. Uh, Green Bay has like five or six, and I'm like, they're hey, they're all, yeah, they're yeah, you guys are you guys are all just kind of the same. Well, Jaden Reed, Christian, Watt, I was like, name a guy. They're all kind of the same guy. So I think being able to go four or five wide. And just kind of maneuver the pocket and throw the ball. I think also helped Green Bay a little bit when they weren't in passing or run situations. Yeah. Uh, that I don't know if the Lions can exploit necessarily. Um, but I do think I don't think the D line is going to be that instrumental. I think the problem is is like you said, they're going to be trying to do a lot of quick stuff. And when you got like a Fred Warner out there, it is yeah. so hard to do a quick screen over the middle or do a you know like Sam Laporta over the middle. I know he's awesome. Fred Warner's also awesome. Like it's going to be a tough day for him trying to get open with those linebackers out there. Um, so talk that to, front, talk to me about so. defensively for Detroit, right? What do what do they need to do, or what do they need to avoid in order to get this win against the Niners? Yeah, they need to find pressure outside of Aiden Hutchinson. <laughs> they they have it's crazy. They they don't do it, but they have to try because. I, like Brock Purdy, I know we all kind of make fun of him and go, yeah, he's Brock Purdy. Against pressure, he is so good. When he gets pressure in his face, he just finds the open guy. So you you are gonna have to try and um get to him bringing four, maybe five. I don't know if they can because they they don't really do it, but they they have to try because I don't I think if you bring those nickel blitzes off the corner, I think Purdy's gonna see it and throw it that way a lot. And it's gonna be like death by paper cuts if you keep trying to do it. And honestly, I think the Lions are willing to live like that, right? Like honestly, and I I, I agree with you to an extent, but I think that's what they're gonna try to. I don't. I'm, so here's the thing, right? Campbell come out saying they got to stop the run. Obviously, right? McCaffrey's a freak of nature. Um, that's that's clear and obvious, right? But assuming they can keep him contained I say in quotes because he's probably still gonna have 100 yards but like you know like I don't know I don't know what the stat line is gonna look like but I think the Lions would be willing to go hey look man we're gonna send pressure on the on the hope that we either get the sack or hope he makes a mistake right because mm-hmm. he was he threw some he threw some basically some softballs to Green Bay they just didn't capitalize on the one play to Darnell Savage I mean my goodness that should have been a pick yeah. six um so I think they're willing to kind of go, hey, listen, man. Yeah, you're going to get a six-yard easy crosser off because we're vacating a zone. But if that means that we're trading that off for a, a 50-50 shot on taking you out, right? Yeah. I think they're willing to make that trade in the thought of, hey, look, when we get down to the 20-yard line and inside, this is where we have to play coverage because there's no longer that 25-yard gap that we have to yeah. cover. There's no communication. It's just, hey, there's the end zone. 
keep them out of here, right? Like, yeah, it's not a great plan. I don't love it, but I think the Lions are the only uh, the, the 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 people that are in that building are the only ones that are like, listen, this is what we have to do to win football games, and are the only ones that have accepted it. I don't think anybody in the fan base is still really like, I'm really happy that we give up 350 passing yards every year or every game. But Dan Campbell goes, look, man, we got to get a turnover or two. We got to make big plays. We got to have these splash plays on defense. And this is how we're going to win because our offense has to carry us. That's just how we're built right now. So we have to accept it. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think the hard part about evaluating Brock Purdy last week comparatively to what he's going to do like this week is he's very similar to golf in the sense where when he plays in a dome or nice weather, he's really, really good. And the second, a drizzle comes down. He is like the worst quarterback you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, like last week, it was it wasn't even like pouring rain in Fort in San Fran. It was like a drizzle, and he, half the balls balls were just wobbling like helicopter style out of his hand. And I went, I just don't understand. But then when you watch him playing a dome against Dallas or something, he's just whipping it all over the field, making every throw. And it's one of those things where I'm like, and I think it's going to be nice weather, so it's going to be an equal playing field for both teams. But I do think that. A lot of people are passing judgment on this Packers game, and I I think it's slightly unfair to him because I think he is better than what he showed in that game. Oh, I'm not looking right? past Purdy. No, listen, you're in the NFC Championship game. You can't look. You can't look past anybody. I think Dallas proved that right. Where look, man, you can't. You have to go in, and this is why I'm glad we have the coaching staff that we have because yeah. it's been very clear and obvious since the moment they beat Tampa. It was like we're on San Francisco now, like right yeah. now. Like it, it is. There is no. I'm not taking time to celebrate. We expected it. We have an expectation. And the expectation now is we're going to go in and give San Francisco everything we have, right? Yeah. Win or lose, whatever, balls to the wall. It's going to be, this is the game plan and this is what we're going to do. Let's flip sides of this though. Let's talk about San Francisco. Um, I want to talk specifically about the San Francisco defense because I do think they struggled quite a bit against the run uh, yeah. against, against Green Bay. I, I mean, that's got to be their number one priority, is it not? Is to stop David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs from just gashing them a new asshole? Yeah, I think I think if I was the Niners, my two things would be stop the run, maybe add an extra guy in the box, just make sure it's stopped, and then focus on Amin Ra and yeah. like short passes. Mm-hmm. I think I think if I, if I was a coach, I'd go listen. If Goff completes like six or seven. 25 yard plus throws it's like what are you gonna do right. like he never he doesn't even look that way it's all five to eight yards and you say that you know what's funny though guess who has the most plays uh, 20 plus yard throws in the nfl this year i know golf does i don't know that but <laughs> isn't that crazy but, yeah but i'm just saying like from a gener- generic perspective when yeah. you watch the games right that's how it happened. So, well, you know what? Here's the thing, right? I think you're spot on, though, in the sense of, hey, stop the run, right? Make them one dimensional, allow our pass rushers to pin their ears back and go. And then, second of all, is anybody but Amon Ra is going to beat us, right? Which I think the way I look at this is, is it's going to be the matchup between the Lions' weapons and the receiving game against the Niners' secondary. Hafunga's out, right? They're starting safety, their Pro Bowl safety, right? You've got one guy back there that's worth a damn. Everybody else is just kind of average, you know, like the, mm-hmm. the Avery Thomas is the world. He got picked on quite a bit. I assume they're going to double Amon Ra, right? Or have bracket coverage or something like that. This yeah. is the game where Josh Reynolds and Jamison Williams are going to have to show up. And I think Josh Reynolds has had a phenomenal playoff stretch. Yeah, yes. game. He's looked really good. Um, 
I think this is the time where I won't be shocked to see JMO get a couple big shots downfield and maybe connect on one or two, right? Where it's like they haven't really tried to take the top off yet, you know, these last two games um, because they really haven't had to, right? Yeah. Uh, but I think you're going to have to attack the secondary. I think you're going to – I mean, you're going to have to run. You're going to have to run. But I think the run is going to be almost like, hey – we're going to run, we're going to average our three, three and a half yards per carry, but it's going to set up play action and we're going to have to take our shots. You know what I mean? Um, I am very fascinated by the, by this um, in terms of offensively. I mean, I know it's cliche to say, but if I'm the Niners, I go, I'm running the damn football. I'm not putting this game in Brock. Per- I know the lions give up a fuck ton of pass yards. I don't care. I'm running the football until they tell me that we can't run it anymore. You you have the best run game in the, in the league. You have the best running back in football. I don't think it's despite the the Lions' success against the run this year. I'm at least starting out my game plan going. You have to show me you can stop our run game before I ever put the ball in the air. Because if McCaffrey's going to average six yards a carry, I have no reason to throw it. Oh, 100 percent. I 100 percent agree. I think I think for the Niners, their best case scenario, especially with Debo being iffy for this week. I mean, I feel like Debo's going to play. Oh, he's going to play. But whether he he'll, play, he's not going to be 100 percent. He's going to play. He ain't yeah. Yeah, but um, I think their best case scenario is that Packers point nineteen, where it's like can we just hand the ball off four hundred times and yep. just get four yards to carry because that would be really nice. Yep. You know, what I mean, like Absolutely. I don't think they want to get into a situation where it's twenty to seventeen in the fourth quarter and they're like, "Hey, Purdy, can you make a couple of these throws for us, please?" Like, I think that's the point. I was worst case scenario is putting them in that situation. Let me ask you this before we kind of wrap up here. In a shootout scenario, who do you got? Who has the edge? Uh, it's a hard call, right? Because I could see it, but like if you told me the Niners, I go, yeah, I get it. With McCaffrey coming out of the backfield, Debo's a walking big play because he doesn't go down. Yeah, I, I would, I would, I think San Francisco in a shootout. Yeah, like because it, like because I could say, like I could make the case, like listen. The Lions, right? You, you've got Jamison Williams, who's a big play waiting to happen. Amara is like Debo, you know. Sam Laporta is a freak. You've got Gibbs, who is literally a walking eighty-yard touchdown run at any point in time. Like you can make the argument either way. I just figured I'd get your thoughts on it because I do. I think that's a possibility in this game. I really do. I think it's going to be yeah. because the Lions' defensive secondary is not great, and they don't have true playmakers on that side of the ball consistently, and the Niners. I don't think their secondary is great. I really don't. I, I don't think that's a case. I think they get by so well because their linebacker play is just so much better than almost everybody else's. It covers up a lot of shit. Unlike Baltimore, where you got, you have like a true number one corner, right? And like Marlon Humphrey, right? You've got two safeties back there that are just fucking awesome. I don't see that in this San Francisco 49er defense, right? So it's like, I just think that there's going to be weapons to have or, or, or matchups to have where you go, okay, we're going to take advantage of that. I just this this game is really interesting. I I don't really know how it's going to go. I could see the Lions getting blown out. I could see the Lions keeping it close and losing a tight one. I could see the Lions winning this game. I I just I don't know how this game's going to play out. Give me a score. Give me a prediction. What do you got? I know the line is seven right now for the for the Niners. I, I which is you know believe that what it is, but this is yeah, a, I, it's a crapshoot. Yeah, I think I think it's. Niners 31-23, and I think they cover. Okay, they cover. All right. I'm going to take the Lions. I think the Lions win 
32. A little scoregami action. Oh, I was going to say 32. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, 30. how do you mathematically even get there? 32. 32. Because yeah. they're going to be up. They're going to be, what is it going to be? Uh, How do they get to 32? Let's see. They're down 35 to zero. And they just get eight, 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 and eight. <laughs> And then they get to 32. I would cry. I would absolutely cry. All right, guys. That's going to be it for this episode of this quick hitter edition. Mike's got the Niners against the Baltimore Ravens. I've got the Baltimore Ravens against your Detroit football Lions. But that's uh, yeah, well, now let's be clear. The Super Bowl on either of those might not be fun to watch, but just get there. my my entire approach to this Lions postseason run has just been just get there okay now that we got there okay let's just win this one okay now that we won this one okay let's it's week by week I can't I was not I was I think we both were kind of in agreement we're like you can't look past Tampa right because you're like that's not a thing in the playoffs um but I've been so conservative it's like listen yeah, you're probably better than Tampa Bay. Clearly, you beat them twice now. But, mm-hmm. like, you can't look past them. You can't look past this team. And I and I hope the Niners do. I hope the Niners think it's right past us and looking right at Baltimore or Kansas City on this team. We yeah. really because- I was going to say, I, I would say my my worry about that is they were looking past Green Bay. Oh, yeah, Because <laughs> they were like, oh, we're definitely playing Detroit. Or, I guess, Tampa, but probably Detroit. So, they were probably doing some. Yeah. No, for sure. Work I just – I it's one of those deals where it's like just take it one one week at a time and everything you got and listen throw it to the wall man it's yeah. at this point in time you don't have to be better than the Niners you just got to win that you just got to be better than them for one day one that's day it. That's all it is man it's all it is that's that's it. Talk about the NFL for sure um but that's going to be it guys we will talk to you guys on Monday night um, on behalf of the Merck Zone, I am the mouth of Michigan Robin Dyka. We will see you guys as always next time. Go Lions.